most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Holy Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, serves as the basis for the sermon today. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed into your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then... The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Gardening would be far more fun if it always turned out the way that you hoped it would. If every time you put some seeds into the ground, a beautiful, big, plants like the one that's on the picture on the seed packet, if every time you put that seed in, that was what the result was, that would be good. If you had shrubs that would always stay in the same place and would always stay in the shape that you wanted and were always well manicured, life would be better. If the topsoil would only allow the plants that you want to come out and it would prevent everything else, What a dream gardening would be if we could make that a reality. But shrubs die. Tomato plants don't always produce a yield enough to make it a worthwhile investment in your purchase price and effort throughout the season. And of course, there are weeds. It's hard enough to keep weeds out of the garden when you recognize the difference between a weed and a good plant, but sometimes you can't even do that. We had an interesting experience this past spring. 
Moving into our new home in November, it was well past the growing season, and so all we saw was the deadness that was left over, and then we came around to spring and had to wonder what was really dead and what was going to burst forth in life. What plants had been planted where, and what should we expect? One afternoon, I decided I was going to tackle the project that I had known for a while needed to be done. There was a flower bed uh, near our home that had been overrun with grass. And so I went to pulling up the grass so that we could have some nice black dirt and then we could figure out what to put in there. And as I was midway through this project, the distinct smell of onions started to fill the air around me. Guess what? We have chives. Or maybe more accurately, we had chives. Every garden that this world has ever seen, except for the first one, the perfect garden in Eden, has been plagued with these problems. And because of the sin that was committed there, now every garden is worked at the expense and the toil of its gardener. God said to Adam and Eve, because of the sin that they had committed, he said, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus uses these gardening ground rules to teach us a thing or two about the kingdom of God. Last week, he he showed us how the gospel is spread the same way that seed is received differently as it falls on different types of ground. He compared that to the way that different hearts receive the gospel message. And this morning in our gospel today, Jesus is at it again. It's Jesus himself who answers the question for us, what shall we do about the weeds? So we've established that weeds are a result of sin in the world. But the weeds that Jesus puts before us in this earthly story, they have a significance. Jesus is telling a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he doesn't want us to miss the point, and so he lays it all out. He tells us, here's what I'm talking about. He says the weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. There's reality in those words. God's people, the wheat, will always live in close proximity to the sons of the evil one, to the weeds. There always are and always will be weeds among the wheat. You won't be terribly hard-pressed to find a farmer who agrees with the strategy suggested by the servants in the story. Let's get rid of those weeds. Any farmer will tell you, you try to get those weeds when they're, when they're little before they grow stronger and taller and jeopardize the health of the good crops. As long as it won't jeopardize the health of the crops, those weeds are going to get yanked up from where they are and they're going to be bound up and burned just like was suggested. 
No farmer would, would leave them grow if he didn't have to. No farmer would pull them up from the ground and then just let them lay back down there on the ground. Of course, the weeds, the, the roots of the weeds will find their way back into the soil and become a nuisance again. No, no farmer is going to just put the weeds on a pile in the corner because then all it will take is one swift wind to scatter the seeds of those weeds back on the whole field, rendering the whole exercise worthless, and next year be problems once again. No farmer would protest the strategy employed here, pull, bind, and burn. And you may very well be equally easy in finding Christians who would employ a similar strategy. Maybe it's the voices in your head or heart that are saying, God, if you would just take this evil influence out of my life, if you would just rid these temptations away from me, then I could grow prosperous like the wheat that you've called me to be. God, if you just gave Christians more success and started to hold under your thumb those who don't believe in you, then surely it'll naturally take over and life for Christians will be easy and blessed. Maybe you could even allow those Christians to hold positions of power and prominence in our culture and you could begin to weed out the pagans from around us. Then it'd be easy to grow as wheat in the field. Some parents employ a similar strategy in raising their children. They strive to keep them in a bubble so that no temptation will penetrate the bubble, so that no evil influences will, will come their way. They try to shelter them for as long as they can. And that might sound on the surface like good parenting. That might sound like the exact responsibility a parent has. But here's the rub. Here's the reality that eventually Johnny or Susie is going to be out in the real world. They're going to leave the nest. They're going to leave the protection of mom and dad's bubble. And then what? They're going to find out one way or another at some point that it's not all wheat out there. They're going to have a weed grow and it's going to grow right next to them. And then what are they going to do? How are they going to handle that situation? Might it be better to teach some of those lessons when they're younger? Might it be better to teach some of those lessons while you still have their ear, while you can talk about the weeds of the world? the ugliness of sin? God could bubble us. God could keep us sheltered from any harm and any evil and any temptation and any sin. He could plant us over in this corner field that's free from weeds and, and just everything is set up for super growth. God could do that, but he doesn't. Instead, he tells us, as wheat in the field of a righteous God, there will be weeds among you. There always will be weeds among the wheat. And God has good reason for employing that strategy in doing his farming. He employs that strategy because there's something that's true in the fields of our God that aren't true for the dairy farms and the, the crops that are grown in rural Wisconsin. 
In God's field, weeds can become wheat. And if you need some proof that that statement is true, you need look no farther than yourself. We all were born children of the evil one. We all were born in hostility to God. We all were born as weeds. And we can thank God that he didn't employ a strategy of pulling up the weeds, of binding them and burning them, even though that's what we deserve for the sins that we commit every day. We can rejoice that God had a different plan a plan different than the one that the servants wanted to do when they asked, do you want us to go and pull the weeds up? Instead, our God has changed us. He changed us from weeds to wheat. He changed us from being children of the evil one to being heirs of eternal life. He changed us, thorns and thistles and all, and made us to be wheat in his field. But that change wasn't just a snap judgment made by God. It wasn't a a grand mindset change of the Almighty. God changed us because someone was willing to be our substitute. He changed us because someone stood in our place. Someone paid our debt. Someone was willing to lay on the burn pile instead of us. God changed us because Christ Jesus was willing to be changed. The world has never seen a finer stock of wheat. Blue ribbon, gold medal, best in fair wheat was Jesus, yet he was willing to be treated like a weed. He was willing to be bound and carried away. He was willing to endure the fiery wrath of a righteous God so that we could be forgiven. Jesus was willing to be separated separated from the human race as he hung on a cross and was laid in a tomb. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Jesus was willing to be treated like a weed so that you and I would have every chance to grow. He was willing to be treated like a weed so that we wouldn't get what we deserve, but instead we would have the joy of growing in God's field. And although we might be tempted to long for this heaven on earth, we might be tempted to ask for temptation to be cast away forever, that we might want to have all these negative influences, all these threats around us to be cast away from us. It's just then that God reminds us of his biblical botany. He reminds us that weeds can turn into wheat. What's happened to us can happen for those in the world around us. He doesn't pull up the weeds from around us because he wants us to rub off on them. He wants us to be the positive influence on those living near to us. Is it possible? Is it possible that a weed growing near to me could rub off on me? Is it possible that I might be tempted into sin, pulled into Sinful behavior, it's certainly possible, but only if I let it happen. Only if I let it happen because the power is on our side. We've got the power of the gospel. God's gospel is the miracle grow. 
that causes our roots to grow strong, that gives us the connection to the life source, that makes us strong even when the weeds around us try to choke us out, even when the devil tries to pick us from the field. The miracle grow of the gospel makes us strong and gives us life. And what makes us strong can make strong those around us. The miracle grow of the gospel can even do the miraculous and turn a weed into wheat. If we live our lives worried about who or what might negatively impact us, who or what might change us, then we are missing the point. God allows weeds and wheat to grow together in a hope that we might rub off on others. So let's be a voice of calm in a troubled world. Let's speak words of love to people for whom love is in short supply. Let's be light in a dark world. Let's bring a message of peace to a world at trouble. Let's bring hope to hopeless people. Let's celebrate and embrace the fact that we are wheat among weeds, the privilege that we have to rub off on those around us, the privilege that we have to dispense the gospel, the miracle grow of God, that others' lives might be changed the way that ours have been changed. Let's celebrate the opportunities that lie all around us. Let's rejoice that we know how the harvest is going to turn out for us, and let's work while it is day. So that many, many more might turn from weeds to wheat. That many, many more who are enemies of God might become friends and children of a heavenly father. What shall we do about the weeds? Let's do what was done for us. Let's pray for those weeds. Let's love those weeds and let's show those weeds Jesus. So that the gospel can do its thing so that weeds can become wheat, so that many more might join us in the assurance of being gathered into glory, that they might with us be a part of a heavenly harvest. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.